Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show, an audio masterclass on how to move the needle on your performance and impact as an athlete, parent, or coach. Here's your host, Coach Cahill. What's up, Coach Nation? Coach Cahill here to talk to you about why you are your film with Princeton Special Teams Coordinator and outside linebackers coach Mike Mendenhall. Coach Mendenhall enters into his fifth season at Princeton with previous stints at North Carolina Central. He also played at Temple University and has also coached some of the top-ranked players coming out of the Ivy League in the past few years. He's also got a unique product called Shot Sled that you won't want to miss hearing about later on in the show. Enjoy. All right, Coach, so what's the one thing you believe about coaching that no one else does or finds unpopular? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a really good question. Really, you know, by you, Brendan, it really makes you, it really makes you dig a little deeper. Um, but the one thing I come back to, um, and, uh, you know, is honest feedback and evaluations to coaches and prospects. Um, I think during my time coaching college football and recruiting my, you know, just recruiting areas to speaking to coaches to even just, you know, talking to prospects and, and uh, responding to emails and just look, you can play for us or you can't play for us. And I tell the coach that, and, I'm, and I think coaches steer away from that because they're maybe they're afraid uh, they miss. Maybe you know, I don't know. I, I trust my eyes and what I see on film, and I tell the coach, coach, he can't play for us. Don't waste your time coming to camp. Don't like. I try to be honest feedback and evaluation I get back to the coaches and I, I, I feel like I, that's been appreciated by some of the coaches and, and high school coaches in my area and even prospects who you know look you you're not on our board we have better players that we're recruiting right now and, and that's that that's not what you want to hear but that's what it is so you need to put your energy somewhere else mm-hmm. and you know now is I'm sure a lot of coaches operate that way, but I, I feel sometimes coaches are afraid to just keep it real. Right. Like, sure. You know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That was the one thing that came to mind. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I know there's no wrong or right, right answer to that <laughs> question, but uh, I think honest feedback and just and being prompt and, and uh, I think it's, it's appreciated. And I don't know if coaches do it enough. Uh, sure. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they are, but um, I've had multiple High school coach say, Coach, look, I really appreciate that your honesty and, and mm-hmm. your evaluation. And, and no, it's you know, and honestly, it's it's you're refreshing. direct. Yeah, it's refreshing. Uh, yeah. Why do you think? Just to add on to that. Why do you think there might be an an, an aversion, not just with coaches and players, but you know, teachers too, or really anybody that's working in a capacity with young people in 2021? There, there seems like there's a little bit of an aversion to being not brutally honest, but like just being upfront about like, hey, here's here if this is what you really say you'd like to do you're not there at the moment and, and yeah. like just being honest about that. Why do you think there might be an aversion to that? Yeah. I think, you know, whether it's, um, they, they don't want to, they don't want to be quick to make a decision at some points in the recruiting process or early in the recruiting process, because they, whether they want to string a player along a prospect along, along because they want to get them to camp or whether, you know, uh, social media really amps things up even more. Um, so, you know, I think that is really distra- distraction more than anything else. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, 
Yeah, I, I think coaches don't want to take the time sometimes. I, I don't know. I know we're in a fast paced environment in coaching, um, but I, I think I, I try to take the time to sure. get back to a coach. Hey, he, he took the time to send me a prospect list. I'm going to go through that prospect list. Guys, he recommended. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him back and say, Coach, this guy can play. This guy can't play for me. You know, um, you know, and just try to give them real feedback or this guy's close. This is what I'm not seeing. I need to see this from this guy. I need, I need to see these X, Y, Z before we can even move forward. I think he's got a chance, but I need to see X, Y, Z, you know, before, you know, and just trying to give them, Coach, I try to be detailed in your evaluation and give them that real feedback. Sure. And that's tough because you guys, it's, it's like, you're trying to empty the ocean with a paper cup sometimes with how, especially being that Princeton has a really prestigious brand name to it. I can only imagine how flooded your DM boxes, your email box, your iMessage, your voicemail. Um, you know, most of what you guys do isn't necessarily on-field coaching. It's like data management and trying to keep track of all this stuff. This is true. You're absolutely right. It, it, and then a lot, you know, a lot of division one programs are overwhelmed. It's just a lot emails, like you said. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for us to be efficient with our time is you build relationships with coaches, honest feedback is going to be appreciated. You know, it's, sure. I think it's important to build uh, some trust there, to, you know, and um, and just try to be diligent to get back to coaches too and just make sure. that effort. And, and it's, it's a grind. It's tough to answer every email, every DM. You, you just can't, but you, you make an effort to sure to do so. Um, yeah, you can. And, and what, what would be, you know, obviously you've coached quite a long time. Um, you have a really good reputation, especially in the special team space. Um, what would you say is the single biggest misconception you find you need to dispel mm-hmm. for uh, recruits and their, their families yeah. as they're going through the recruiting process. Yeah. Your film is not going to lie. Okay. What you put on film is who you are. I really believe that. Um, a coaching is not going to get you recruited. A trainer is not going to get you recruited. Okay. You got to work at your craft and you got to put good film on period. I'm going to trust what I see on film and I'm going to trust when you, when you get in person, that evaluation. Okay. So, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, you, you, not that everybody thinks that way, but that coach didn't do anything where he didn't push for me, you know, the trainer, you know, those sort of things. Well, look at your film. What do you see? And there are a lot of times as a, as a recruiting coach, I'll ask the prospect, Talk to me about your film. What do you what do you think you're doing well here? What do you think you need to improve on? And that really keeps things honest, right? And keeps things, uh, sure. um, you know, be realistic about maybe where your talent level is and where your energy needs to go towards. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know if it's a di- dispel, but put your sure. film on, right? Your film's got to speak for you. Yeah. And I think it's, it's tough because part of you as a coach you know, you wouldn't work with young people unless you were like an optimist by nature when you saw the potential in kids. Um, so I guess it, that's a tough yeah. part of the job with, you know, trying to, to help kids be realistic with their given abilities. Um, 
And you're right. Yeah. There are the, there are those kids that like everybody, of course they see D one and it's like, you know, okay, well you're five, four and you're 140 pounds and you want to kick maybe D one's not going to happen necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And in all positions. Yeah. And, and, and specials as well. Yeah, of course, you know, um, but even as specialists, your film, you know, yeah. you, you can tell on film techniques and fundamentals and just how they're striking the ball. And it, you know, it's, it, it's glaring and it's look it's and another thing is it's extremely competitive division one football just getting recruited is extremely competitive i don't know how much you know you're up, up against everybody in the country okay if you put it in that perspective it's competitive and particularly at a place like princeton we are nationally recruiting and you're looking at we're looking for the best student athlete across the country across the land and and um, it's competitive. It's extremely, extremely competitive. And uh, they got to put that in perspective, you know, sure. they really do. So, and, and, and it's always like tell prospects, figure out what it is you want. You really got to be diligent, intentional about what are the things you are looking for in your college experience. Okay. Um, and try to put your energy towards programs that are shown legitimately showing interest in you. Sure. You know, and uh, I think that's important as fam for families and for prospects is, all right, well, who's calling you? Who's actually picking up the phone and getting to know you? That's, that's real interest. That's serious interest when a coach is taking the time to pick up the phone and, and have a conversation or a Zoom call these days, right? right. Um, that's serious, right? Uh, but you know, getting emails or letters and, and those things. It's, and that's good. Those things are good, but you got to try to navigate through that process and what's real and what's, 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 yeah, what's and hype and yeah. What's the fluff? What's, what's real. And yeah. I think that's important for families and recruiting process. And I always try to tell high school coaches, you know, look, or, or prospects, does your, does your head coach know you want to play college football? Does he know you want to kick at, at division one level? Have you communicated that? You can't just assume that your head coach knows that, right? You like communicate with your head coach, really use your head coach mm -hmm. as a resource. I think that's important as well because a lot of players want to go outside and, and that's okay. You know, trainers and coaches and those things are important. You got to invest it, particularly as a specialist. You got to, you know, that's their very particular craft. So you have to invest in, in those things to, to get better um, as a specialist, um, but, mm -hmm. but rely on your head coach as well. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, and I guess the, the next question would be, you mentioned sifting through the, the fluff versus what's real. Um, and, and a lot of that, like Twitter is like the, the best and worst thing that ever happened to humanity. <laughs> um, and it it's, it's, it's funny how like it's kind of become the, the default college football recruiting app. Maybe that's just because the NCAA has the best guidelines on Twitter versus another app. But um, how have you seen what are maybe like, what's your biggest like Twitter pet peeve or, or maybe advice to recruits with making smart decisions on Twitter? Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Um, you know, you want people to be themselves and, and, and speak their mind and, and that sort of thing, but um, don't, don't, you know, you, you can't have, you can't get have arguments on social media like or going back and forth with people you don't know 
or people, um, yeah, practically you don't know. So why, you know, don't waste your energy on things on social media or um, that, that are out of your control or people, you know, what people think, what people say, sure. um, you know, those sort of things. Like you just got to filter through some of that stuff um, and, and just be smart, right? You, you're putting yourself out in the world and, and we spend a lot of time with our players on that social media stuff and making sure uh, it's your resume. Yeah. You know, it's your resume. If you want to look at it that way, right. Your social media accounts, your resume, it's, you're putting your values out there. You're pulling for what you stand for out there, you know, in a sense. So um, if, if you're putting things out there that you, it's not you, it's not representing you. Um, and then rethink that. Right. So mm-hmm. it's your resume. It's your, your uh, painting the picture of, of yourself. So, sure. you know, I think that's a good advice to keep that in mind. Definitely. And, um, you know, what would you say is the one thing football will teach a young person that they can't learn anywhere else in 2021? Yeah. First thing that came to my mind was just being dependable and reliable, right? You're, you're one of 11 on the football field, okay? And, and those other 10 players on the team got to rely on you. You can be dependable, right? And, and uh, that's important, uh, characteristic of a person in athletics, in a career, and in any other job, uh, that you're you're looking to to be a reliable person, dependable, uh, and work together and, and um, build that trust. I think that's very important. I really do. Uh, just being dependable and reliable, and and, and following through, right, and, and trusting your teammates, and and they, that they can trust you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And um, what would you say, I mean, you know, one of the, like, what would be one of the, uh, what's probably one thing that freshmen that you've coached in the past, freshmen in college, you know, there's always that adjustment from the high school game where you kind of know your coach, the relationship's a little bit different. It's not perhaps as intense as the college level um, to now you're a big fish in a little pond in high school. And now, you know, you're around all the big fish in college. Um, what do you, th- what do most freshmen typically struggle with, I guess, in their adjustment to the college game, just, just in general? Yeah. Um, it's very detailed, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, very detailed game, uh, from a te- fundamental technique standpoint, from schematic standpoint, communication, it's, it's a lot of details. Um, so that mental capacities has got to be there. And even more than probably what they obviously depend on what, what program you came through in high school, right? Because you have some high level high schools out there, not a ton, but there's some really high level high schools that sure. are coaching at a high level and very detailed. Um, but in, in general, uh, the details of the game um, are high and uh, processing those things um, are, are, are challenging. Right. And then making the transition, especially as a freshman, you're getting in and you're entering college as a freshman. You're in fall camp. Classes start. You're trying to you're trying to compete on the field. Um, You're you're trying to compete in the classroom. You're trying to figure out where where this building is on campus. You're trying to figure out where do I go from academic uh, tutoring to it's challenging. 
that is. It's, it can be overwhelming, and I but I think if you get through that and you, you have some toughness there and you just battle through it, I think that's challenging for freshmen, just balancing the athletics and academics, mm-hmm. particularly at a place like Princeton that's sure. it's going to be challenging in the classroom. You're going to be pushed hard, and uh, and uh, but we've had a lot of success here at Princeton, and and and. Um, we prepare our guys for that, for, for, for those things. And we have things in place that our head coach, Bob Serres has in place that helps prepare our freshmen. Um, so, you know, definitely balancing athletics and academics, the details of the game as a football player. And the one thing I'll add that I always tell freshmen, not, not just specialists, specialists, not so much, but more just positional players. Um, make sure you come in great condition, shape. Okay. It's a faster game. It's a faster pace game. Um, you have to be in great condition. A lot of guys want to hit the weight room and, and they get to the, as a freshman, they're not running very well. They're not in great shape and you're not going to see the field. So I always tell my freshmen, make sure you're in the best shape you can be in from a running standpoint. All right. And if you want to play early okay, as a positional player, be aggressive as a freshman. Even if you make a mistake, you're doing it aggressively and you're in great shape and you're running. You'll find yourself on the field because we'll get everything else fixed. Okay, But if you're not in good shape and you're just, you weren't prepared for the condition of the game, uh, particularly at the division one level as a position player, you're going to, you're going to struggle a little bit, if you will. So I knew there was a couple things there I added in there, but. No, that's, that's, that's good. Cause I think. Yeah. I mean, and you've probably experienced this too. You you talk to freshmen; they're excited. They're they're going to college. Well, I'll play college football. I mean, and they're all focused on the football side of things. And uh, I remember my old high school coach was like, "You know, your your head's going to be spinning. You're not even going to be thinking about football the first two weeks." And I'm like, "No, no, it's all going to be football." And then there's always that like freshman, like, "Oh, what what did I get myself into?" Moment where you're like, you're alone in your dorm room, or you're on, you're walking back from practice. It was a tough day. Um, but I think the best programs like you guys and other programs too, they, there are procedures in place, you know, there's, there's staff specifically in charge of, you know, shepherding the freshmen around, you know, you have good team leadership. Um, but there, yeah, there's no, there's no way to really prepare a freshman for what it's like until they they've dunked in the deep end, so to speak. No, you're absolutely right. You can tell them till they're blown to your blue in the face. Um, they got to get here and experience it. You try to have a conversation with them and prep them a little sure. bit. And uh, we, we just finished spring practice today. We, we had our last practice and I, one of my freshmen, um, very raw football player, kind of some of the things I just talked about, just details of the game, he, you know, um, he just said like, man, I, you know, coach, I remember you telling me, but you know, like now I know, now I know what to expect. Right. Um, sure. So it's, it's funny to hear him say that. And, and, uh, but it's fun. It's fun to get guys in the program and just develop them and, and watch them grow as people. And that's, that's why I love what I do is that right there. So watching guys grow and, and, and like you said, hit that wall a little bit, like, man, what did I get myself in? This is tough. I got to write sure. a paper. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get on the bus, you know, for this week's game. Um, right. You know, it's a, it's a lot of stress. And, uh, but yeah. yeah and, I mean, and that's true. That's true across the board. Even if you're, yeah. you're playing Juco, you know, D3, Anywhere. whatever, 
yeah. nothing's going to prep you for that. And I think in the Ivy League too, there's this misconception of like, oh, you know, it's academic, it's all nice. You see the old brick buildings, you know. But but there's like, you know, if you go to an Ivy game, like there's some guys that are like big as heck, you know, yeah. like like the man, level got some of, dudes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, but again, to experience it, you, you can't really know. Um, let's transition to the next question. You kind of mentioned like what you enjoy most about coaching. Um, how do you see your role as a mentor? for your players outside of the X's and O's and the practices? Yeah, um, I just want, you know, I want my players to just be a better version of themselves, you know, um, as their position coach. Like, I, I want them to be them, who they are, right? I want them to be individuals and, and everybody's got different personalities and, and I want them to be them. And I tell them when they get in our program, I want you to be you. I don't, I'm not trying to mold you into somebody, somebody else. I want you to be the best, best version of yourself. Um, and it's my job as a coach to tap into the, to tap into that mental capacity, tap into that, that, that athleticism or uh, that talent and take it further. Okay. And push them and take it further. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not a coach. I'm not a guy that I'm not a big yeller or a, a guy that, uh, you know, cursing or I'm not, I'm not into all that. I, I wasn't around that as a coach. I think that's why who I am as a coach and my philosophy, I wasn't around that much in high school or college. I was around some good people. I think have balance as a coach. I think that's important. And I think your players are going to respond how you respond. I think if it's madness and, and it's, it's not great communication. They're, they're not going to be the best version of themselves. Right. And, and so um, I try to just keep that in mind. What can I do to make them the best version of themselves and, and, and uh, tap into that, that mental capacity, that talent, that skill level that they have and take it further, make them better. So, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're emotionally constant as a coach, I mean, that's, that's a huge relief because now you're predictable as a coach. Your players kind of know who you are day to day. Um, you know, while like the crazy, like last chance you coach, it's, it makes for exciting television. You know, it's pretty, it's probably pretty stressful for, you know, as a player. And if you're under, if you don't know who your coach is walking through the door, door personality wise day to day, how are you going to execute this now super detailed college yeah. game? Yeah. Great. It's balanced. You're right. You're right. You got to be consistent. And, uh, I do take that approach. Consistency is, consistency is important as a coach and who you are every day. You, you know, when I walk through the door, you know who I am. You know who I'm going to be. You know how I'm going to respond. Uh, you know how I'm going to communicate with you. And uh, that consistency and that balance um, is important. I think I think young people are going to respond to that. I really sure. do. Right? We've, you know, I've had all kinds of conversations about it. It's just a different game. It's a different world. Kids are respond differently now and, and i think uh um yeah and you just have that you know you got to talk to these guys you gotta you know put your arm around them and, and uh and, and you gotta have balance there right you gotta motivate you gotta be demanding you do you really do right these are young people are 17 18 years old that are trying to grow up right and some of them don't get it and they need to be pushed and say no this is our standard and this is how it's supposed to be done. And we need to get it done that way. And um, so, and 
some get it, some don't, some get it faster than, than others. Um, sure. So, you know, and that's, that's figuring it out as a coach. That's why I call us coach. That's why we're teachers and, and it's our job to, to figure those things out and yeah. uh, tap and every, into that. Yeah. And every kid's got a different, you know, code or button you got to push to get them to go. Some kids like, you know, they're the kid that you, you know, put your arm around other kids. It's like, they respond better when you yell at them or, or you're more intense. True. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, and I guess that's kind of the, that's fine. That's why coaching is not so much a science as, as much as it is an art sometimes. Um, I agree. I agree with you on that. It is, it's, there's, yeah, look, there's some emotional intelligence there, right? There, you sure. gotta have a, you gotta have a feel for those things. And, and I think uh, good coaches do. Good coaches got a feel for when to push, when to let back, when, to, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I've been around some really good coaches that I think have that balance. And I think that's definitely helped me. Sure. And, um, you know, we do have coaches who listen. Um, what would be, what might be one piece of advice you would give to a new or young coach who is trying to establish their team culture or their relationships with their players? Yeah, really good question. I try to look back to my, my early uh, career um, and uh, I was fortunate I was around good people. And I, I think kind of goes back to my last point is to have balance. I think you, the faster, and, and you got to learn by experience, of course, it takes time. And just like in any other career, any people are in, it just takes time to, to grow and, and learn. Um, but the faster you can find that balance and when to push, when to let back, uh, have some compassion at the same time, have, you know, have some of that care and, and, and candor, right. That honesty. Um, and you got to work your tail off, right. You, as a young coach, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time just going out and visiting coaches, calling coaches, Hey, can we talk special teams? Like there's a few people that come to mind from a special team standpoint and as a young coach, I spent time with, like I made the effort. I drove two hours to go see a coach. Can we sit down and talk, kick off cover? Can we talk through that? Like you really gotta, you really gotta take as much in as a young coach. Cause that's, what's really gonna develop your philosophy and your approach and how you wanna, is you, you have an opportunity to become a special teams coordinator or defense coordinator. You gotta figure out what it is you, what your philosophy is gonna be. And, but, you got to get out there and, and, and learn and, and figure out what different schemes, right? I've coached in different defensive schemes. I've been around different special team schemes. Now it's to the point I'm going on my 13th year of college football. I fine tuned all that. Now it's, you know, I've learned, I took a little bit of this from here, learned a little bit from this coach, uh, you know, whether it was at where I was at, whether it was visiting with another coach, you pull things from all over the place and you, you kind of, you mold it to where, to where it's yours in a sense, and you fine tune those things. And that's gotta be constant. Like I'm con you know, as a coach, you, you should be constantly fine tuning uh, your techniques or how things are being done. And that's year to year for sure. Um, but yeah, as a young coach, find that balance. Okay. Find out what makes, makes your players tick and, and just get out and learn. You gotta get out and ask questions and figure out how, how they can be detailed. And what you're doing and organized, particularly as a special teams coach, you got to be detailed and organized sure. and efficient. So, yeah, because you you don't get 
three hours, like in high, there, there's a clock, you know, you got two hours in college that you got to work with. Um, and, and I've never, I mean, you know, doing this podcast or when it's, you know, or if it's about like kicking or whatever, I, you know, most, if you're earnest and you're genuine, then you communicate that you just want to learn most like 90% of the time, most college coaches, high school coaches, they'll help you out as best they can. You know, I've never found like actually a more helpful crew than, you know, most college coaches and high school coaches. Yeah, I agree, man. We got a good, I'll tell you what, I mean, college football, there's some, there's some amazing coaches and some really, really good people. And uh, like you said, if you're genuine and you pick up the phone and you make an effort to show a genuine interest in learning and, and getting better and, and you follow through with it, there's not that many coaches are going to, going to turn you down. There's sure. really not. I agree. Yeah. Um, now you've, you kind of, uh, you have, we'll, we'll kind of, we're coming up on the end of your time. I want to be respectful of it. Um, talk about the, uh, sled shot. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, well, yeah. The, the name of the sled is shot sled. Shot, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Shot, shot sled. sled. It's okay. You flipped it around. It's all right. It's, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So shot sled is a one man sled. Um, it's, it's a little unique in regards to it's, it's not a heavy sled it's it's a little bit more mobile it's a lighter weight sled where you can actually control uh some of the resistance and the weight of the sled okay it's a little bit unique in the design it, it has a a frame like a split bar design okay um where you can train block destruction and tackling uh technique okay so uh, i think it's unique in that regards that you're going to be able to get some quality technique work done um in both block destruction and tackling, but it's also uh, low impact on, on your player's body. So um, I think you'll get a lot of reps out of it. Again, it's it's not like some of your heavier one-man sleds where they're not as mobile or uh, some of them you got to strike really, you know, really, really strike it in a, in a unique way to get that thing to lift or anything like that. I think it's, you know, shot sled is a little bit different. Um, and it's also portable. It's a collapsible two-piece sled. So this sled will break down. Um, it has two Velcro pads that attach to the split bar. And, uh, and so it's portable as well. So you can, you know, some programs are taken indoors, indoor facilities to, you know, uh, I think it's very easy to move around as a coach. So, you know, I think it's important as a coach to be efficient. You have a 10-minute individual period. Right. And you got to jog over to a heavy sled where this sled, you can actually move around really, really easily on the field. So I, I feel we started using it here at Princeton. Um, and I teamed up with, with the company shot sled and, and two, two co co-founders of that company. And, uh, we, we launched into football and, uh, we have a couple sleds out there and some college programs and some high school programs already. So it's, not just football, right? It's for other sports as well. I was looking. It is, website. yeah, it is. It was originally developed and designed for wrestling. Okay, okay. it was a a sled for combat sports, even MMA and wrestling for takedowns. They wanted to find a way to build some power and some confidence in takedowns and wrestling, and mm -hmm. without having a partner, but also, you know, it's a, so it's a it's a training tool for wrestling. And then uh, here at Princeton our wrestling program had two. So that's how I okay. discovered shot sled. 
I saw a video online of our wrestling coaches using it and, and some of our guys here at Princeton. I said, you know what? That sled looks really, really neat. So I went down there and I said, guys, where, where are these shot sleds? I need to, I need to get my hands on these things because I think we have some, some things we're, we're looking to do from a tackling and even block destruction standpoint. So last February, uh, we got it on the field a little bit right before COVID hit and um, really liked it. COVID hit, it kind of halted everything. So sure. I spent some time, I spent some time with it uh, through COVID by myself, pretty much experimenting with it and, and just loved it. And we used it all this spring. Um, we probably used it almost every single day as a defensive coaches in our circuits, tackling right. block destruction circuits. Uh, our wide receivers coach used it as a stalk, stalk block sled, you know, just to go up there she and form fit. basically anything. It, it's pretty flexible, yeah. very versatile. Brendan, it really okay. is. I think, I think coaches need to look into it. I think uh, you can just, you, you're just going to maximize time. You're going to get a lot of reps, right. particularly, I think high school youth, it's not a heavy sled. So I think it, it would translate to that level, those levels of the game where you have a freshman in high school who probably can't punch a left sled and lift that thing yet, mm -hmm. but you want to get the hand placement and the strike with the hands um, where this sled is going to provide a little bit lighter weight, but you can add some weight to it in sure. the form of either a sandbag. Some guys put like a, a, a weight on it as well, like a metal weight to, to give mm -hmm. it some resistance. And um, so it's a good way to, to, to progress young people as well uh, yeah. into the game, youth and, and high school. So, well, yeah, especially with, you know, obviously there's concerns about concussions and you want to make sure, you know, kids are getting certified and how to tackle appropriately and, uh, and, it, and it's also not going to break break the bank either. It's not like you're you're paying for like industrial grade steel on a on a traditional sled either. Right, right. Yes, it's it's definitely affordable. Um, yeah. and, and you can break it down. I think putting this thing in storage, like so, the life of it's going to be longer if you take care of it. Um, yeah, it's just very flexible, very mobile, versatile in the drills you can do. You can use it as a strength and conditioning tool, push sled, sure. pull sled. I mean, it's it's endless with what you can do. It's just a very unique tool that I think coaches would, would really love. And yeah. I, I've, I've enjoyed working with it and I'm excited about it. And I appreciate you taking the time to get the word out a little bit for me. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll tweet it out there. So hopefully you can uh, get the word out a little bit more for you. Um, well, great. Well, we're coming up on the, the end here. And um, I, you know, so I always kind of ask this question, um, well, if you could give one piece of advice to recruits and parents and coaches um, right now who are in the thick of the recruiting process or the college process, what would it be? I think it goes back to kind of what we discussed a little bit earlier is just figure out what's realistic, you know, where, where you want to put your energy and time into what programs Where's the real interest? Talk to your high school coach. If you're not sure what level you fall, because with a lot of players in my division two and my FCS player, obviously there's some guys who stand out or legitimate division one. And that's sometimes very obvious, right? Um, but there's a lot of football players out there who are not going to play maybe division one, you know, FBS you know, there's guys that are that borderline FCS. It's just really trying to figure out where to put your energy and time and money. 
because it can get costly going to camps and yep. you gotta you gotta sort through that you really do you gotta be diligent and and uh, use the resources you have your head coach uh, try to get honest feedback from a college coach you know well a college coach is sending me emails maybe sent me a, a graphic well what's that mean coach how serious are you you know if you don't get a response then that, right that probably tells you right so yeah. no response yeah. is the response correct yeah. yeah so just yeah don't don't chase ghosts right like try to sort through that. I think that's my advice. Sort that out. Where am I going to put my time and energy? What's realistic? What are my goals? Number one, is it academic institution? I want to play at the highest level. Is that realistic? Is it location of a school? Is it a degree program that a certain school has? Um, and those are things, players and, and families, and, and and again, using your head coach as, as a, and, and any of your trainers, guys, that you're kicking, sure. kicking coaches to, you know, you guys have, you guys, especially as specialists, you, you see a lot of specialists. And so you, you guys are in the forefront of being honest and saying, look, this is where you need to put your energy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and if you're going to be honest, you know, and if you're going to hurt feelings, do it earlier rather than later. Um, so at least later right. you have options. Um, right. And yeah, I think it's, it's so easy to, you know, it's so easy to uh, look back as an older person who had been through college football or you as a coach and sometimes going, you know, why don't kids get it? But, you know, it's, it's never easy being a kid. It's never easy going through the college process. It's never easy talking about that with your parents. And then you add football into the mix and you add COVID into the mix. So, you know, really like what you said, the only real strategic advantage a family can have in recruiting is simply asking you like, what does success look like for us? What does realistic yeah. success look like? Correct. Yeah. Um, Just communicate, be proactive. And you have to be proactive and you'll get the responses or you won't get responses. And that'll paint the picture for you. That'll, sure. that'll steer you in the right direction. And, and, you know, ask your head coach, well, has anybody called you about me coach? Right. Cause that's the first guy I'm calling is the head football coach. Right. And, and so I've said it multiple times on this podcast, right. Talk to your, sit down and have a conversation with your head coach. And because that's who recruiters are calling. Sure. and they're going to get the feedback. So start there. And here's the out. Thanks for listening to the Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment.